Hi everyone, this is Olga Mack, working from home, building the future of contract, and today I am with Ken. Ken, please introduce yourself. Hi Olga, nice to see you again. I am general counsel of Green Solar. I've been practicing for almost 10 years and I graduated from University of Minnesota Law School in December of 2010. Um, I want to talk about all of it, but before we start, let's talk about the surrounding. Where are you? I'm actually in my backyard because I have an 18-month-old baby that is sleeping in the house and we respect his nap time. So we make, my wife and I do make uh, accommodations in order to take phone calls and video calls, such as working outside in the backyard or in our garage. When I love it. I love it. Um, I have two children. They're now on nine and 11. And yes, sleep is sacred. Um, <laughs> so definitely respect the sleep of a baby. Uh, they're most beautiful when they're asleep. Yes, we agree. And I love the lovely backyard. It's, it's beautiful. Uh, it, it's almost as if you're in some exotic vacation uh, somewhere in Hawaii. Oh, this is just Burbank, and it's a corner of our yard. So it's, but it works. It's very nice. I love it. Um, so tell me a little bit. Uh, we, we've had a conversation once, and I really thought your career path has been very fascinating. Um, and I would love to kind of, um, for you to tell that story. Sure. Yeah. So uh, when my classmates and I graduated in the class of 2011, the job market had been rather devastated from the financial situation of 2008, where I had many classmates lose job, job offers. We had summer associate um, jobs where no full-time offers were coming. And so a lot of us graduated without full-time offers at all or any job offers at all. And we took the bar. Many of us were still unemployed and we ended up, a lot of people just had to make ends meet, had to just make some money. I know classmates that took non-law jobs, non un, completely unrelated law jobs, even babysitting or... Um, restaurant type jobs. These classmates of mine, some of them never really made it into a law firm type position, even though that's what you were looking for your entire law school career. And you're sitting there, you're graduating, and you expect that you go to a decent school, you get decent grades, that you would be hired out of law school. And that just wasn't the case in 2011. And so a lot of my classmates and I, myself included, I, I took a job at a family friend's commercial real estate company and helped them out in any way I can as a licensed attorney, but I was just doing everything I could for them. Um, eventually in 2012, I was able to find my first law firm job. Um, my entire law school career, I was trying to become a transactional attorney. And that just never happened. The opportunity never arise, uh, arose. And so I took a job as a auto insurance defense attorney defending auto insurance claims, uh, mainly rear-enders. And I just ran with it. And I took the opportunity and challenged myself and worked well with my boss where whenever the opportunity to take, a, take on a difficult task or a difficult case on uh, came about, I jumped on it. And I knew that building a resume 
of experience was going to help me in the long run. And so within six months of taking that job, I took my first case to trial as uh, first chair and I kept going to trial and I ended up with four jury trials in my first two years of practice. Um, obviously it wasn't the transactional route, but given the situation, I just I did what I can to build, an, uh, build experience and become the best at that point litigator that I could be. Um, I then transitioned to another firm that allowed me to expand my practice, get bigger exposure, not just focus on auto defense cases, but a wider range of litigation practices. And then I transitioned again to another firm that did soft intellectual property work, um, transactional work, and a lot of startup and tech work uh, and internet company work so that my resume continuously expanded into a much larger um, breadth of experience in order to position myself to join an in-house group and eventually become general counsel of Green Solar, where I am now, where you deal with everything. Wow, what a, what a path. Uh, it's funny, we actually sort of have this in common. Uh, when I, um, when I uh, people ask me all the time, why, um, why did I start as a litigator? Um, and I tell them, you know, I wish I could tell you a very profound reason, but the reason is actually, it's economy stupid. <laughs> uh, because I graduated a little bit earlier than you did in 2006, and I clerked at two law firms. Um, and I clerked on a transactional side, in fact, but they all quickly informed me that if I actually want to continue in my pursuit of uh, being an attorney at their respective law firms, and being an intellectual property, there is a path for me on the litigation side. Um, and hence, even though I knew I wanted to be a transactional lawyer, I, I become an intellectual property litigator and spent about four years doing what I already knew uh, I wouldn't like, right? I knew I didn't want to be a litigator, but nonetheless, it was a fantastic learning opportunity. Um, and then over time, I kind of did the scenic route of, of getting to in-house and becoming a general counsel. And where you can sort of combine it all and actually be of value to the business. Yeah, and I, I think we did um, travel in similar paths in that respect. It's, it really is whatever was available at the time. You just needed to take advantage of the experience that you can get. And graduates today, I can only empathize with them that they're going to face a similar situation where they're going to be forced into certain practice areas that are going to be busier at certain firms. And that's, those are the fortunate ones that are actually getting employed and obtaining jobs right out of law school. Otherwise, certain people are going to just, sometimes you just need to make some money and you're going to take whatever jobs available and hopefully eventually get into a law firm and get that experience to figure out what you want to do as a lawyer or not become a lawyer, I guess. And yeah, I, I, I feel that those um, new graduates really just have to take advantage of whatever opportunity and whatever experience they're able to get at, in this market so that as they continue to practice three years, five years down the road, they can utilize that experience and transition themselves into whatever they do want to try to get into. So your first job was you leverage your family and friends. That's what it sounds like. Yes. Uh, and it wasn't real estate, not exactly necessarily was your calling, but uh, 
I, it sounds like you, and I love strategy of leveling friends and family. Tell me how you did that. My family friends real estate group had a large transaction that was pending. And I just, I graduated from law school in one semester early and they said they would be able to hire me right out of the bat. I think I took the weekend off and started working on Monday. And then I took a couple of weeks off to study for the bar. And then I went back and because there was nothing else pending, I just, I, I did find out that I passed the bar. But again, even after passing the bar, I didn't have any job offers right away right away and so um but I, I did know that being a licensed attorney was very important to to get that law firm job so i did focus and pass the bar uh right uh, as soon as i had the opportunity to yeah yeah so let's um so i love that um you know you you, you took the job you could in maybe not in this same field but in, in very related close field um, and that uh, leveraging friends and family, and then you somehow ended up at an insurance law firm, right? Uh, how how did you find that opportunity? I believe I just applied online, and I think I used the Daily Journal's job board, and I sent an application in. I got the interview, and I accepted the position after it, the the offer came through. Um, I I did interview with other firms prior to accepting this position or in this similar time. But I also was hesitant knowing that certain practice areas do tend to close other doors for whatever reason, whether it is plaintiff personal injury work, it might deter firms from a defense firm from wanting to hire you. Um, you could always, there's always a story that you can pitch. Hey, I worked at a plaintiff's firm. I don't want to do it anymore. I'm trying to get into the defense side, but it doesn't always work that way. And so I was, there's also say criminal defense firms that are only going to be handling DUIs that were interested in hiring at the time. But again, that, that kind of limits your opportunities once you're in that sort of position. So I, I did try to find a, um, um, a safer litigation group, which was dealing with insurance companies and insurance companies. Uh, many large firms have insurance clients. And so that, that worked out for me. Yeah. So lesson number one, get a job in a field that is in law or close to law as possible, right? Lesson number two, leverage your family and friends. And lesson number three, apply. Um, I yeah. definitely found early in my career that it's a little bit of a numbers game. Uh, you only need one offer, but you can apply in unlimited numbers. Uh, so it's a little bit like marketers think about, um, you know, when they spam you. Uh, it's a little bit like that, so that you actually should apply and, and let them decide that you don't qualify. And I guess lesson number four, it does help to have a license if you're looking to be for an attorney job, because by definition, if you're not a member of the of the of the bar, you you're not a licensed lawyer, and so it's very difficult to apply for a job. So four lessons so far. Those are great lessons. Um, I I like what you did after that. You started sort of building on your skills. Um, 
walk me through what you were thinking as you, you know, you didn't intend to be a litigator. You got a litigation opportunity. Then you clearly went on to build a portfolio and skills of, 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 in litigation. Tell me, like, what were you thinking when you applied to the next law firm and, and having your jury trial, which is very impressive, jury trial, four of them. Um, walk me how you were thinking about it. It was just the natural next step. And to go with two years of litigation experience and four jury trials and to restart and say, would you please hire me as a transactional attorney? Just, it doesn't happen. Unfortunately, in law, you get pigeonholed pretty quickly if you have only a particular skill set. And so I had to try to figure out a way to just build a broader skill set. And even as I was meeting with other firms in specific areas that were more lucrative at the time, but not significantly more lucrative, I guess, um, I knew that broadening my practice area was more important than just making an extra 10, 20, 30 grand a year. And so that was something that I was constantly thinking of, where do I want to be in five, 10 years? What kind of experiences do I want to say that I can, that I bring to the table? And having always considered wanting to go into an in-house position and eventually becoming general counsel, I knew that taking the jobs that want it, that could provide me a, a wide breadth of experience was ideal. And you hear about other general counsels and you, they, they always say that you're dealing with everything. So you have to kind of have a, a sense of what everything is in law, but you don't need to be necessarily, you can't be an expert in everything. There's no one that's an expert in everything. There's people that only focus on litigation, tax, con law, all day, every day. And if you want to know everything, uh, every area of law, you just, there's just not enough time to become an expert in every area. You know? Yeah. Well, you know, look, I mean, having four jury trials as a young lawyer um, is impressive. So, you know, you didn't just broaden your skills a little, you like kind of went all the way. Um, it's, you know, as good as it gets when you're a junior lawyer. So um, congratulations on that. Um, that, that must have felt good. Oh, it was, it was a blast actually. And I, I thank my boss that he trusted me to handle these cases where I'm asking for pretty much no damages and plaintiffs are asking for half a million to a million dollars, uh, to the jury. And you're just kind of you know, waiting for them to deliberate and come back and, uh, hope that they're closer to your number than their number. And uh, luckily, in these four cases, it tended to be closer to what I was offering or below what I was offering before uh, settle, uh, before the trial began. And that kept, that panned out. So that was, it's fun. It was enjoyable. It's tricky to get certain pieces of evidence in. But again, I've also seen, I've seen uh, litigators that are very confident in their case and they lose. And so that happens also and i'm very aware of that um i just it, you just you just never know with a jury and so that's that's kind of where i am at least in my practice or in my mindset now as much as i can love a case i also feel like some of those cases that i did win as an, a young attorney i was 
young and naive, I guess. I just didn't know that it really could go the other way. Um, but now I've seen it. I've seen it happen to other peers. Um, and so I always warn uh, warn people. Like I, I've won cases that I shouldn't have. I definitely lost, like definitely lost big motions that I thought I should have. Um, should have won. So you just never know. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've had, um, I've, I was a DA for half a year where I had 30 trials. Uh, you never forget your first jury trial. Um, wow. And uh, it, was, it was a fantastic experience. I, uh, you know, even though I didn't want to be a litigator, just doing that work and, and going through that process, it's like that, that law school experience really makes sense. Um, and um, the, the whole courtroom experience and um, the, the, the highs are highs and the lows are low and mm-hmm. sometimes you get lucky and sometimes you don't get lucky and you kind of learn to ride through those highs and lows and manage yourself and, and manage your witnesses and manage your jury um, and, and put on that show uh, and, and, and it is sort of a very satisfying feeling at the end. So getting it as a young lawyer, I think we were probably around the same number of years of practice when we got it. For me, it was unforgettable and really life-defining and kind of really explained to me why I went to law school in the first place. Yeah, you spent three years learning about mainly litigation. You might as well litigate the cases even if you don't want to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it was, it was great. I, it was, it, and it certainly, I felt like in house when I was managing litigation, that consequently, it was a very useful skill, uh, even though I never intended to spend my entire career being a litigator. Uh, so let's talk about in-house, because at some point, this journey leads in-house, um, you know, from real estate to insurance defense to jury trials. It all, all ends up being a general counsel, which is largely in most places, a transactional role. So tell me more about your company. Tell me more how you got there and tell me what you do all day. So Green Solar, it is a solar construction company over numerous um, groups of people. And we install in about 20 states. And a lot of it is compliance. We're uh, working with state contracting boards. A lot of it is customer support, customer service support, and then just fixing the process of obtaining these customers is really important to the business and making sure that the contracts are clean up front to protect the company. Um, We regularly review those and update those as needed. And we we work with numerous vendors and we have to make sure that we're protected in those contracts as well. And you just, you just get a lot of odd random inquiries all the time and you just have to figure it out and it's a lot of it is just trying to get to the right the best answer for the company at any time whatever it may be uh the odd random increase uh, i think that's what the in-house practice is made of of numerous unexpected odd random inquiries and you doing the best you can under the circumstances given that you know the business of your company. I think that's indeed a really good job description that nobody ever writes, but everybody has in mind. Yeah. How, how did you find this position, first of all? Uh, I also just, I think I found this through LinkedIn. Okay. I just applied. Yeah. And I met with the team and I liked the team. And so I've just been running with it for almost three years now. Wow, I love it. Again, I, I actually agree with you. Applying often is 
the uh, you know the the one way can consistently applying is to get results. Yeah, uh, it it that it definitely helps. It keeps you in the game, and you can apply an unlimited number of times, and you only need one offer. So I think it's definitely a great strategy. I think we're in strategy number six now. Um, <laughs> If I'm good at counting, I may not. So tell me, what skills or what experiences uh, have prepared you for the in, your first in-house role uh, in supporting, you know, what seems like a fairly complex business with regulatory aspects, with clients aspects, uh, with all kinds of aspects. What helped, what prepared you um, to, to stay there for three years and be successful? I think it's your willingness to just get your hands dirty in any task and to like I can see how people get overwhelmed easily just because there's such a wide range of issues that can come whether it's there's a handful of litigation there's compliance matters there's regulatory matters and you're just constantly trying to figure out okay what's the best for the business and what can we do to move forward um, you're constantly trying to expand the business, but also trying to keep away any liabilities, of course, um, and manage risk. So I think it's just being able to assess one problem at a time uh, in, a, in a reasonable manner where you're, you can assess a situation, you're not overwhelmed, you handle it, you, you figure out, okay, I think these are my best three options, but I'm going to recommend one option and say and then go from there and sometimes you'll get pushback sometimes you need another another answer it's just being able to figure out what what to recommend to the board at any time yeah no i'm with you sometimes it's hard to articulate but that's that's the truth you had a tough path uh you overcame a couple of things and you had a very scenic crowd and you are where you are today because of the route that that is certainly also true for me that's Sort of exactly what happened, just a slightly different recession. Um, yeah. <laughs> more like beginning of it, you got the end of it. I guess same recession, different timeline. Um, you know, there's lots of graduates who graduate today. Um, yes. You know, um, I'm not sure if it's really a recession. It's, it's, you know, there's definitely an unemployment issue. You know, stock market is doing pretty well. Uh, there are some ups and downs, but, you know, on average pretty well. Um, you know, there's pandemic, really unusual problem, um, you know, and, uh, and, you know, things that we took for granted, that we are actually able to take the bar exam. As much yes. as we didn't necessarily like that experience, right? I'm in California. I can't say that I can recommend the experience of California bar exam to, for recreation, right? But I had an opportunity to take it, and I suffered, slash, enjoyed it. And, and passed it. And that has been super helpful, you know, for me to get a job, for me to keep a job, right? Many graduates today don't have that luxury. Um, and, and, you know, there is sort of a very long conversation around whether we should even have the bar exam. If you were to graduate today with an uncertain future of even taking the bar exam, let alone to find a job, what would Cam do? If I were graduated, I signed up for the bar, but can't take it because of the pandemic. You can try to get internships so that you are pre, I guess it's a pre-bar clerk is the term that people use back in the day. Um, 
just so that you at least have experience that you're building while you're studying for the bar and hopefully eventually going to take eventually you're going to take the bar but if you can build your experience now even if it's a paralegal or pre-bar clerk type position if you're getting the legal experience i think that will help you come the time you are a licensed attorney you have a bar number and then you can at least say, oh, I've done X, Y, Z. You don't need to train me on these things, so please hire me. Um, and, it, and that's something. At least it's something on your resume. You'll have a couple more months on your resume of work than the next person, or you'll have months, a few months, and the next person will have nothing because they were just waiting for this bar exam. Um, but again, it's I, I'm not sure how that market is right now or if that's an, an option for people right now because a lot of I think a lot of firms do just wait until people are barred to hire someone and so it, it's tricky and I, I don't I have well granted that I'm working right now I haven't <laughs> looked into this issue as much but um, I, I do value experience and someone's ability to gain experience however they can and I think even my classmates, uh, law firms were hiring people for unpaid internships and that was common and accepted just because it was the market and that firms felt they can take advantage of it. So, and people did it just so that they can get experience and eventually they would utilize that and leverage that into other positions. Yeah, I, I actually, I think that's a real sound advice uh, because I, I've got quite a few pivots in my career in good economies and bad. You know, the challenge with changing jobs or getting a job is that you've never done it before. You don't have experience. You therefore cannot get a job. You don't have a job. You don't have experience. It's a chicken and an egg problem. Um, mm -hmm. And the easiest thing to solve for is the experience. It's not easy. It's just easier. Um, and you solve through either by studying, volunteering, finding creative ways through friends and family to helping the nonprofits, the government, whatever you can find. So that you can, you know, address this, you know, lack of experience problem. So you can actually solve this chicken and egg problem. I think it's a, it's a great advice in any economy, good or bad, whether you're getting a first job or you're, you know, pivoting from litigation to corporate or in-house from, from law firm. Any of these pivots are really just helpful to get that experience. So this is, so you can show not only that you may be competent, but that you are committed and interested and eager and happy to learn and will show up and will contribute gladly every single day on the day one. And I think to an employer, that, that, that's, a, that's an important signal and really does make you know, an, an ability to take the first job and pivot much easier. So I think that's a great advice. Thank you for sharing it. And, and I always was told, and I think it's true, is the first job is always the hardest. So if you are discouraged initially by not getting that initial the job right away, eventually, if you keep at it, I, I am hopeful that most people can get that first job. And then it's, if you're talking about a six-month delay, um, maybe pro bono opportunities or legal aid sort of clinics to help people and gain some experience will help you get that first official job. Um, but employers are always looking for people with experience, uh, even if they're straight out of law school. And on that note, Ken, I really enjoyed this conversation, um, learned a lot from you, really enjoyed listening about your, your scenic route, especially because it reminds me of mine. 
Um, <laughs> so uh, thank you so much for finding the time to talk to me. I really enjoyed the view of your beautiful uh, Burbank uh, backyard. It's, it's, it's gorgeous <laughs> outside, especially after the many days of bad pollution air. It's good to see beautiful weather and your ability to stay outside. And yeah. congratulations on your baby. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you.